today. Are you ready? I've got a challenge today. Is that okay? Will you still love me in half an hour? That's the question. But anyway, (laughs) I've got to say what God's laid in my heart, whether you still love me or not at the end. (laughs) So I really felt like God wants to challenge us this morning. And the title is, write this down, it's time to ditch the excuses. It's time to ditch the excuses. And we're looking at the parable about the excuses in Luke 14 that Jesus told, verse 15. So, Father, I pray that you would speak through me, Lord, your words, not mine. Open up all our hearts to you, Lord. We give you permission to change us into your likeness. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I'm sure we've all heard a few excuses in our time, haven't we? If you're a parent, hands up if you're a parent. You've heard a few excuses probably from your kids. What about teachers? Where are the teachers at? Or former teachers, we've heard a few excuses too, haven't we? Now, I actually Googled, and here are a few actual excuses that kids made to teachers besides the normal, the dog at my homework. So here's a couple of them. My friend fell in a lake, and I jumped in to rescue him, but my homework drowned. Another one was, I didn't do my homework because I didn't want the other kids in the class to look bad. Another one was, my dad had a nervous breakdown, so he cut up my homework to make paper dolls. <laughs> That's bizarre. Um, and, and there was some more about being late to work. Here are some about being late to work. These are actual excuses that bosses have heard. I dreamed I was fired, so I didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> my grandma tried to poison me again. My dog dialed 111, and the police wanted to question me about what really happened. <laughs> Um, I I forgot it wasn't the weekend. Um, I thought International Children's Day was a legal holiday. And lastly, I woke up in a good mood and I didn't want to ruin it. (laughs) You know, even Adam and Eve made excuses. It was that woman you gave me. It was that snake. You know, we may be able to fool our parents and our teachers, but we can't get one past God because he sees through all our excuses. Amen? Luke 14, well, let's read it now. And Jesus told a lot of parables. They're basically word pictures, uh, stories to try and illustrate a point. So I'm going to read it to you in the NIV. It's up on the screen too. Although my NIV is an older one, and I think some of the words in the newer version of the NIV has changed. But anyway, pick it up at verse 15. One of those at the table heard this. He said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat the feast at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, Well, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, well, I've just bought five yo of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another one said, well, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you order has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. 
So let's look at this and unpack this a bit. Jesus is actually speaking here to Pharisees who are believers, who he's dining with. And he's, you know, they're sitting at a table eating. And um, the Christian life is like a feast. It's fun, it's free, it's a joyful celebration. And we see a call going out here from the master, the owner, a picture of God, to come to the table, to come to the table and eat with him. Now, Chuck Missler always says the unnamed servant in the Bible is a picture of the Holy Spirit. So perhaps the servant there is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And I really feel like the Lord is quickening this parable to us today in Tauranga, in New Zealand, in C3 City Church. The Lord is speaking to his people through the Holy Spirit, calling us to come now to his table. It says, I think it's verse 17, it is time. When it is time for the banquet, to his banquet. And in Bible times, what they used to do is they'd send out invitations a weeks earlier, and the people would RSVP, yes, I can come, or no, I can't. And then when the date of the banquet came, the meat was butchered, because they didn't have refrigeration, um, and the feast was ready and prepared, then there would be a second call go out to those who had said, yes, we're coming. So they've responded yes to the invitation, but there's a call going out like, hey, come now, it's time, it's ready, let's go. I've got a place assigned for you at my table. Your name is there by your plate and your chair. And all of those who were invited and had already RSVP'd and said, yes, they're coming, would come because the master was expecting them. Now, remember, these are people who have all said yes already to the master, to the Lord. So these are all believers. But hang on, there's a problem because it seems now they're too busy to come. So they're believers, they've said yes, but when they're called for action, they're not coming. They're distracted by other things. They begin to make excuses. Oh, well, I've got some property. I just bought this new, this new field, this new thing. I've got to go and see it. Well, I just bought some oxen. I've got to go and try them out. Well, I've just got married and we need to spend quality time together watching Netflix on the couch. I'm sorry. Please give my apologies because I just can't come. I cannot come. Cannot or will not. Let's look at the excuses here. Property, possessions, people. Oh, look, I'll start with P. Write that down. Isn't that handy? But I actually look at those three things. I think maybe our excuses haven't changed a whole lot in the last 2,000 years. Now, these things they were involved in were not bad things. There's nothing illegal here. There's nothing unethical. There's nothing immoral. In fact, do you know what? These things were blessings from God. They may have even been answers to prayer. And many of us here today have these same blessings. We, we have a field or a section, a house, a business. We maybe don't have oxen, but we maybe have a car. And, and many of us are married. Jesus is not against these things. He wants to give us these things and these blessings. But the thing is, we must never allow the things the blessings, the answers to prayer to distract us and to rob us of our assigned place at his table. We must never let these things stop us from coming when the Lord calls to what he wants us to do. And these people here who the master called, they put their own schedules and their own projects and their own priorities ahead of God's. They gave more of their time and allegiance and attention to these things than they did to the Lord. 
So we're going to dig down into these excuses a bit more. Here we go, the first one. Excuse number one in verse 18 was property. Well, you know, I now own property. I've bought a field. I've bought a section. I'm building a house. I've bought our first home. And this can also include our work or our business because he bought a field. And that was an agricultural society. So that might have been like the vineyard or become a vineyard or an orchard or maybe he's grazing his flocks or herds on there. So these people were caught up with their own section or their garden or their home or their lifestyle block, a life sentence block, <laughs> their business, their job, their career. You know, we can be too. Our, our weekly average working hours have greatly increased from a generation or two ago. And it becomes easy for us to say, well, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm too busy. I can't pray. I'm too tired from work. I just need to de-stress and scroll through my Facebook and my Insta feed, look at some TikTok. I'm not, I, I can't read my Bible, Lord, because my brain is just fried from work. And, you know, I just need to veg in front of Netflix. And, I, Lord, I can't come to church. It's my only day off from work. I just need to sleep in. And we can be like this. Second excuse, verse 19, oxen, possessions. So we've had number one property, number two possessions. Now, this was oxen. So the oxen would pull the plow. So again, this could be a bit of work, but it's often, let's say possessions, because it's something you own, so it's an asset. So this could be, not many of us have oxen, but we often have the new car. And, and he wanted to try out his new oxen. So this could be transport hobbies. We're trying out our latest new purchase. You know, it could be a new motorbike. It could be the latest new gaming craze or that new album on Spotify, the new golf clubs, a new surfboard, the newest clothing purchase from Bay Fair or Fashion Island, whatever, shopping. <laughs> we can all be distracted by these things, by possession. Third excuse, verse 20, people. Marriage. Relationships, they can be all-consuming. A new relationship, a new marriage. You know, this guy had finally found a woman and got married in the, in the parable. Or we, women, we can be like that too. Lord, I finally found a man. It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. Amen. You know, we can get excited. And we can get distracted from God and what he's called us to do. You know, back in the day, Ellen and I were youth leaders before we were ever pastors. It's when they give you a go and see if you measure up. <laughs> now we love that. In fact, a lot of youth leaders never leave youth um, on purpose. They're removed because they get too old. <laughs> and they go kicking and screaming. That was us. But anyway, um, and, and, you know, we had this scenario that would repeat over and over again when we were leading youth with our team of youth leaders. We heard this lame excuse so many times. Well, we can't lead youth anymore because now we've, we've got married. And I would think, well, what do you mean? I'd say, well, what do you mean? Like, why can't you? And I'm thinking, has your anointing and your calling and your heart to disciple young people suddenly evaporated because you've got married? I don't understand. And they would trot out some obscure scripture from Deuteronomy that says you shouldn't go to war in the first year of marriage. I'm like, and that was their justification, or should I say excuse, for stopping serving at youth. And often at church. It sounds like a strategy of the devil to me. <laughs> and interestingly enough, they would never stop going to work or playing sport or going to the gym because they got married. It was always just a church and youth stuff that they would ditch. And they would seldom get involved again when their first year of marriage was up. And you just couldn't help but think, 
Were they only coming to you to find that special someone? What am I doing? <laughs> am I running a Christian dating service here? And now they've found that special someone, they're out of here. What are we running here? ChristianHookups.com. Oh, Lord. Anyway, that was our frustration. But relationships can still pull us away if we let them from obeying God's calling. He's calling us to come now to his table. Don't be distracted. That new girlfriend, that new boyfriend, or even your beloved husband or wife of 40 years, we've got to have the Lord first. He must always be our first love. You know, my relationship with Jesus is going to go for eternity. But when I get to heaven, I'm not going to be married anymore. I love my husband dearly. I hope he's going to be in heaven too. Well, that's the plan. You know, he loves the Lord. But, you know, our relationship with the Lord lasts longer than our spouse. It lasts forever. And we've got to put him first. And we've got to respond to his voice. Let's not let anyone else take his place. Oh, and let's not forget the kids. Because so many parents use their kids as an excuse to not serve God. Oh, well, I can't come, you know. I can't come and serve. I'm sorry. I can't come and help. I can't come to increase. I can't, you know, I can't make it at church because, you know, I've got kids. Well, so has the rest of the world. Believers have had kids for thousands of years. And it hasn't stopped them serving God. We've got to ditch the excuses. It's time to ditch excuses. Tell the person next to you, it's time to ditch excuses. Amen. Now these people in the parable here would not lay down their plans for God's. They put their own stuff first. And what happened to these people? They missed out on their assigned place. And do you know what? Someone else took their place because they were preoccupied with things. And the things were blessings that God had given them. So there's a warning here for us today. Let's never allow the blessings and the good things God has given us to take precedence over God himself. And I feel an urgency in my spirit today because God's times have been ordained since eternity. And he will not put his times and purposes and plans and banquet on hold for us to wait for us to be finished our pet project or our business venture. His plans and purposes will prevail. They will not be deferred to fit in around our excuses. They will go ahead whether we are part of it or not, whether we are ready or not. So we had better get with his program. And we had better get on board with what he is doing now or we will miss the opportunity that we have been born for. Do you know the number one Christian excuse that is used is, well, I'll serve the Lord when I'm older or later. I'll do it later. It's like a form of procrastination, isn't it? I'll serve the Lord later or when I'm older, when when I'm not as busy at work. But when he calls, we need to answer. We need to come. And he is calling now. When he says, come now, it's time. Like verse 17, it's time. The call went out. We need to drop everything and come now. He's extending that same invitation to us today. I feel that prophetically. It's time. It's now. Like verse 17. He's putting the call out. It's the invitation to come and be a part of what he is doing and sit with him at his table and dine with him to partake of what he is serving up, to participate in his plans and purposes, to be a part of what he is doing here on the earth in the last days. So let's not ever respond, well, no thanks, Lord. I've got better things to do. 
If we ignore so great an invitation, it will be to our peril. And we may not get another shot at it. Someone else who was not even on the guest list may now get in there ahead of us, instead of us, and take our place. You know, we must never ignore or despise the voice of the Lord calling to us. It is a huge privilege and honor to be assigned a place at his table. And his food satisfies like no other. So let's not ever allow ourselves to be so distracted by property, by possessions, by people, that we ignore the call of the most one, important one of all. You know, the devil is a crafty mongrel. Amen? (laughs) He has been studying human nature for thousands of years. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. But he does, he's watched people and he knows human nature. He knows how to distract us from God. He's been working on his craft for thousands of years. So we need to be aware of his devices. We need to guard our hearts, all of us. I'm preaching to myself too. We all can be distracted. We can all let ourselves be caught up by the world. James 4 verse 4 and then NLT says, friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. So if it's too full of the world, we can actually lose our appetite and hunger for God. And you know, this world may may look good. It may sound good. It may taste good. But it never satisfies. But the Lord's feast, the Lord's table feeds us with joy and life for all of eternity. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Now, who's Jesus talking to here again? Pharisees. He's dining with them. These are believers. They're highly spiritual. They're church going. They're doing all the right things. They're believers in the Lord. They look good, but they were actually not making God a priority. They weren't making the Lord, who's sitting right there in front of them, Jesus, a priority. So, you know, Jesus is telling us here, we can't just presume on our spiritual pedigree and think that's enough. We, we can't just presume on how spiritual we really are. We have an assigned place. He's got a place reserved for us because we've already repeated, yes, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm following you. But we need to respond to his voice when he calls and step into that place and occupy it at the table because our relationship with God must be now. It must be today. It must be current. It can't just be historic, a historical thing. It's got to be alive and living. We've got to respond to his voice daily. Now, what happened? We see the master got angry when they ignored his call and wouldn't respond to his voice. And they started making excuses. Ha, oh, well, you know, Lord, I've got these well, people with possessions and property. And we can't fob God off of an excuse. Who are we trying to fool here? <laughs> He's omniscient. He knows it all. He sees straight through through it. He knows our hearts. It is time to ditch the excuses. Tell the person on the other side now, it's time to ditch the excuses. So they don't feel left out. And, you know, here's a quote from Billy Sunday. He was a preacher way back. An excuse is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Woohoo! The skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Sounds like a baked potato. (laughs) There are many who have lost their assigned place because they've made dumb excuses. 
There are many who have missed out on their destiny in God, all because of my dumb excuses. There are many who have even gone to hell instead of heaven, all because they've made dumb excuses. And none of our excuses wash with God. No excuse is ever adequate to give to God as a reason for ignoring him. We are insulting God if we ignore his call and don't respond to his voice. And nothing is as important as answering his call and taking our assigned place. Whatever our lame excuse is, we are still saying no to him and to his invitation. And guess what? Our destiny rests on our response to his call. Our destiny rests on it. So it is time to ditch the excuses. And um, last year we had the privilege, Ellen and I, of going and being a part of C3 Express, which is a training thing for about 30 up-and-coming young leaders in, across New Zealand within C3. It is kind of hard to get to, isn't it? We've been trying to get you guys in the Sutcliffe, so we were here last week, and other leaders do it, but you could take a whole week of work and and your kids can't come, et cetera. But anyway, Alan and I had the privilege of going and speaking at it, and they brought in this guy called The Warrior. <laughs> he calls himself that. You can Google him, but he's an amazing guy. I think he's in his early 70s, and he's a Sandhill Warrior, and he used to be play NRL. Now he trains quite a few of the teams. And um, I said, hi, I'm Alan. He goes, The Warrior. <laughs> I said, oh, I wonder what his real name is. <laughs> but um, he was hilarious, and he nearly killed us all. And my thighs were like, so I couldn't sit down without I was like, for like days afterwards. So this year I'm going to go into training three weeks before and doing many step-ups every day so I don't... But anyway, this was his, uh, This is one of his one-liners. He had heaps of them. Excuses are the nails that build the house of failure. But there's no failures in this room. And then, yeah, that was one of his, his, little, um, his little quotes. Excuses are the nails that build the house of failure. We don't want to make them. Man, I can make up elaborate excuses, and they're true, but I know in my heart it's an excuse, and I need to be doing what I need to be doing. You know, forget how elaborate they are and whatever. Someone who fails to respond to God's invitation is rejecting God. If we won't come when he calls and take your assigned place, then someone else will. And we have to realize that if we're too busy or too distracted to respond to the call of the master, it will not stop God's kingdom, his table, his house from being filled. This gospel invitation is going out to the whole world, and all who receive it will be welcomed. We see verse 21, the master, this is paraphrased, he was basically saying, well, if those who weren't invited won't come, go out and bring in some more. The crippled, the lame, the blind. Now, those people in that time, crippled, lame, and blind, in Jewish society were considered by the Jews to be unclean, lesser, inferior in that time and place. We know they're not, but that's how they saw them then. So Jesus is basically saying, go and bring in every outcast in society. Bring them in. What would we say today? We might say the gang members or the um, people who are in the sex industry, or I don't know, people who, who are deemed to be lesser in society. So here we have these believers in the Lord and their assigned places were given to people whom they perceived to be less able, less qualified, and less experienced. 
If we will not, the people of God, if we will not respond to the master's call and his voice and take our assigned place at his table, we will see others going in ahead of us. Others who we perceive as being less able, less qualified, and less experienced than us. Well, how did she get that leadership position at church? I've been a Christian much longer than she has. I've been in this church for 20 years. You know, and how come that new guy gets picked for that role and I don't? I've been to Bible college. I know much more than that young hotshot. He doesn't even shave yet. And Pastor Will and Pastor Nick go make him a leader. And we can think, hey, hey, that's my assigned place. What are you doing in it? How come you're sitting in my place and I'm not? Because they listened for his voice. Because they came when he called. Because they obeyed the master. Let's close our eyes. Here's a question for all of us, myself included. Am I answering God's call today to take my place at his table? Am I hearing his call, but I'm ignoring it because I'm too busy and distracted doing my own thing? Am I making excuses? for not taking my place. You can open your eyes. You know, something I've noticed since COVID is individualism is on the rise in society. And especially with the advent of COVID, you know, now you can work at home. You don't have to go to work if you don't want to. And that's not, and these things are not necessarily bad things. Uh, You don't even have to go to church. You can watch it online. You know, you can, um, you don't just sit around like when I was a kid, you'd all sit around the TV, the tally, and watch it as a family. But now you can tailor your taste yourself and you can watch it on your iPad or your laptop in your room. You can watch Netflix. You can watch whatever the heck you like. And even if you go to Macca's or, or Burger King, they'll make the burger exactly to your liking. We just used to say, hold the gherkins, but now you can just tailor make it all. And we are so individualistic. And it's creeping into the church. And we think, well, do I like that or do I not like it? Do I, do I want to do that or do I not? And we're thinking far more individually. But we need to see ourselves not as an I but as a we. Because we are the church. And we are one body. And like we heard Alex Lee say when he preached the other week at the gathering, he said the team you're in is far more important than the team you lead. And we are all in team church. And we are all in the body and Jesus is the head. So if his church, if he tells his church to do something, we're doing something, then we are all doing it because we are the church and we're all doing it together. I remember when my mum and dad-in-law used to lead the church before we did and we were youth leaders and they would call working bees around our building with the gardens for a year And, and the church would come. And I didn't ever ask myself, we didn't ask ourselves, do I like working bees? That's irrelevant. Do I have a free Saturday? That was irrelevant too because the church is doing something. So my agenda took the back seat because we are doing something. And the we is more important than the I. Um, then they'd have church concerts, one a year. And so we were having a church concert. Do I like concerts? Irrelevant. Didn't even ask the question. You know, do, do I think I, it would be... Do, it is a, in my gifting, again, irrelevant. We were all at the concert. Not only were you at it, you were in it, whether you wanted to be or not. <laughs> we were all in the concert because the church was doing it. 
We are the church. And if the church is doing it, we are part of it. So, like, we've got this youth camp coming up. And if you've got young people who are at youth, you've got to bring them along and, and support camp and get them there. It's so important. When we have increase, it's the we. Let's come together. When we have girls' night out, it's the we. Let's come together. You know, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard this, well, I don't like women's events. Oh, I could have paid off the church mortgage by now if I had a dollar for every time I heard that. And I always want to say, why would you not want to be with your own kind? There's something wrong with it. I've never heard a young person going, I don't come to youth because I don't like youth events and I don't like young people. Another thing with increase, oh, it's big. I don't like crowds. And I'm thinking, you're not going to like heaven much, are you? And, you know, the body, the Lord is trying to get his body coordinated. And the Lord is ahead and he's like, he's wanting his body to be like Usain Bolt and go fast when he calls together. So the Lord's like, yeah, let's go here. But the body, it's like uncoordinated. And we're all just different parts of trying to do their own thing. And the angels are probably watching and the Lord's going, let's go this way. And the body's like, sort of, there's a fight going on and we're pulling apart. And the angels are probably like, Lord, look at your body, your bride, the church. is so unco. What's wrong? It looks like it's having a seizure. Why, why won't it move? Because we're doing our own thing. So many of us. We're making excuses. And, and the Lord's trying to go, yeah, we're going this way. And we're like, oh, well, I don't like crowds. I don't like women's events. I hope it won't be noisy. And we're all just like fighting our way. And, and it must be really frustrating for the Lord, eh? Because he's wanting to do something. So we need to be a coordinated body. Amen. Not only did the Lord get others to take the place of those who did a no-show, we're wrapping it up now, I'll get the band soon. He also shut the door. So the excuse makers could not change their minds and come back in. It was too late. Now these excuse makers were successful in the eyes of society, but they were failures in the eyes of the Lord. They assumed their places were reserved and safe. They assumed that they didn't have to do anything else. And we can be like that too. Well, hey, I've got my ticket to heaven. I've been up the front. I've prayed the sinner's prayer. I've been a Christian since nine months before I was born. I grew up in church. I've ticked all the boxes. I'm sort of, I don't have to do anything. Wrong. We do need to do something. We need to hear and obey his voice every day. And be with him in prayer and in the word. And here in his house weekly, feeding on the word together. His priorities need to be the highest in our lives. And we need to make doing his will more important than doing our own will. All these invited guests had already said yes to the master. They'd said all the right words, but they didn't act. They didn't come when they were called. And you know what? We're good in the church at saying the right words. Yeah, hallelujah. I'm born again Christian. I'm C3. I'm Pentecostal, tongue-talking, baptized, believer. I'm washed in the blood. Words are easy to say. But it's actions that count. And we vote with our feet by coming when he calls. Or do we make excuses and do our own thing? Last verse, Matthew 19, verse 30. Many who are first will be last And many who are last will be first. And Jesus said this phrase four times in the Gospels. So it's not only how many of us start the race and say yes, 
to the master, to the Lord. It's how many of us keep running the race and respond to his call and take our place. So back in our parable, Luke 14, in verse 23, the Lord said, the the master of the house said, go out to the roads in the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. You know, that's the Lord's desire. That's his plan. That's his vision, that his house will be full. God wants his house full. He will have a full house. He is very concerned that every place at his table will be filled. The Lord has a strong vision of his house being full of people. Maybe some of us would have hoped that the Lord would have said instead, well, hey, it's not all about numbers. You know, we'll just have the remnants. We'll have the faithful few. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, my house will be full. And that is his plan. And that is his will. And that is his vision. And it's a big vision. It's a big table. It's a big house. It's a big kingdom. And there are room for many more. So our job is not only to turn up and come when he calls, but also to go and bring more in and see his house full. And I believe there's a call going out today to shift from being excuse maker to being gospel carrier. Tell the person next to you, you're a gospel carrier. Gospel carriers. Amen. So not only respond to God straight away, but also bring others along with us. Other versions say, make them come in, go out and compel them to come in, constrain them, urge them, insist they come in. I think it's a message says, drag them in. (laughs) I don't know how literal that is, but (laughs) in other words, do whatever it takes to bring them. And I'm so proud of our women who brought so many to the girls' night out. It's amazing. So we've got to seize every opportunity to make them come in. You know, paying for a young person to go to youth camp, even if you're not even related to them, is an amazing way to get someone into the kingdom of God. Because statistically, most people who get saved are young. They're under 25. In fact, the higher, the lower, like under, I think it's under 18 is the highest statistic of how many people get saved. So when you put someone in that position, wow, you can bring them into the kingdom. Isn't that awesome? You know, with increase, we can get people along the Sunday morning and the Sunday night ones are free. So you could bring someone to that. And you've been in the presence of God in the weekend and then you can come and be in it again later with someone else and bring them into that. And, you know, you won't get too tired because it's only three and a half hours on Saturday morning. Then you go home for lunch and have a sleep and then you just come back at night. It's the same on Sunday. It's not exhausting for the whole day because we've tailored it just for you. So let's stand, shall we, and we'll have the band come. Let's close our eyes. Because I really believe the Lord is calling us to his table today. And we want to get on board with what God is doing in the last days. We want to take our assigned place, not miss out on our assigned place. I don't know about you, but I don't want someone else sitting where my name is. This is something the Lord's been calling you to do, but you've been making excuses, which we all do from time to time. What is he saying? Is it about reading the Bible every day? Is it about coming to his house every week? Is it about being baptised in water and you haven't yet? Is it about going to connect group every week? What is he calling you to do? You know, it's not just enough to be invited. We have to respond. It's time to ditch the excuses. And he's calling your name today. Come, 
now. It's time. And I feel like there's some people here today and you are ready to go. You are saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to be a gospel carrier, not an excuse maker. And here I am. I'm responding to you. I am running now to you to sit with you at your table. And if that's you, I'd love to stand with you and pray for you right now as we worship. Father, we do pray that we would be a people who are responsive to your call. In Jesus' name.